Hey, welcome back to this week's episode of On the Level Leadership. My name is Tammy. I'm your leadership and career growth coach, and I'm here to help you be the best leader you can be so that you can grow in your career. So what is coaching culture? Why would you consider this for your organization? What are some of the principles? What are the benefits? And how do you start thinking about implementing this? Welcome back to this week's episode. So let's jump right into this. Now, a few years ago, I um, inadvertently didn't even realize I was doing this, established somewhat of a coaching culture in an organization that I was leading in the national stockpile. And what was really interesting about that is that a lot of these key principles, I already sort of started to focus on with my team. Companies and organizations are finally starting to understand the value of coaching or coaching methodology in performance and enabling people to really excel or accelerate their success levels. With that in mind, I decided I would share a little something around the coaching culture today in today's video. If you yourself are in a senior management position or you are an executive, this is a really fantastic opportunity to really do an assessment within your organization to see what kinds of things you can start implementing today without having to adopt this sort of corporate perspective. And then how do you then champion, if you will, a more corporate perspective to improve the overall performance of individuals, teams, and ultimately the major organization as a whole. So what are some of the key principles of a coaching culture? The first is accountability and responsibility. In a true coaching culture, everybody is responsible for their own actions and inaction. It also means that senior leaders and executives have to be open to a more constructive way of addressing performance. This includes the assessment of staff and talent within your organization. Employees in a coached environment tend to be encouraged to find solutions, to be creative, to evaluate results, and to be more collaborative. The second key principle is clarity of goals, of vision, of the long-term outcomes or the big picture outcomes that you're looking to achieve. This is really important in a coaching environment because what you're doing is you're delegating down responsibility and accountability to multi-layers of an organization so that you can be agile and more responsive to issues as they pop up. So it's really important that the strategic objectives and the operational objectives are crystal clear and that everybody's on the same page. Because the last thing you want is everybody rowing one way and you have that one guy who's rowing the opposite way. While the objectives of an organization are usually top-down driven, you want to have the implementation rooted in a collaborative environment where staff are being tasked to develop, implement, and course correct as they notice things along the way. So to be clear, this does not mean that it is a laissez-faire environment where employees can do, do whatever the hell they want. No, they're given parameters with to work within and are coached along the way to problem solve. So the environment is very dynamic and collaborative where um, a manager might have a conversation with a staffer to problem solve something that's popped up and it they are coached to come up with solutions. So rather than the manager saying, thou shalt do X, Y, Z, your employees are coached in open-ended questions and how would you handle this? What do you think needs to happen? Might I make a suggestion would be something a manager might say. Have you thought about doing X, Y, Z? Yes, I have. We've done this. We've tried this. The idea is to coach the employees to problem solve more independently and to really assume much more responsibility in the behaviors and the actions that they're taking on a daily basis. The third principle then is strengths-focused approaches. So it's really about assessing your employees individually as teams and looking at the organization as a whole and looking at the strengths of the organization and leveraging those strengths to improve your success measures. And this also, as I've sort of alluded to before, means delegating activities, tasks, what have you, 
uh, risk management to lower levels or to maybe more appropriate levels so that you can be nimble as an organization and really grow and succeed in a way that is measured, but is much more nimble. And I know that sounds crazy to say, can you be controlled and nimble at the same time? You can, you can have a framework that is developed that everybody understands and accepts. And it's based on people's strengths to move the, the ball forward. And when problems pop up, it is in learning from those failures and saying, okay, well, we've learned from this failure. We've learned from this thing that didn't work. Now, rather than looking at, you know, who's at, who's to blame or who's at fault, it's really about looking at what have we learned and how can we course correct to make this better? The other key piece of it, and this is my own injection here that is beyond some of the literature you're going to read out there is, is anticipating obstacles or having a risk mitigation strategy in place. I know that when I was doing um, coaching with my staff and I was coaching them to make decisions and be more accountable for their for their activities on a daily basis or more responsible for their daily lives at work. One of the things I did was anticipated some of the issues that might happen and I would have conversations with my staff around the obstacles, the things that are going to get in your way because inevitably things are going to snag you up, they're going to impede your progress individually as a team or as an organization and it's really, really important that you figure out what those obstacles are and anticipate them so that you can have a risk mitigation strategy to address those things. And here's the thing is when you know what the risks are and you have a mitigation strategy that the senior management approves and, and agrees to, then you can be super nimble and allow the risk mitigation to happen at the working level. And they can report back on, here's an issue that came up as we agreed, we, we had this strategy in place. We implemented that strategy. Here's what we learned. Good, bad, moving on. And I would say the biggest key principle, if you will, of the coaching culture is that these organizations are blame free. It's not about looking at failures and mistakes and looking for a scapegoat or looking for somebody to blame or looking for you made me look bad, so I'm going to make you look bad or I'm going to fire you or what have you. It's really about providing the space needed for people to be creative, to be innovative, but within the confounds of the boundaries of what was previously identified, right? So if you have a strategic plan and strategic objectives, those are, we have to stick to those lines as a team, but Within those confines, people need to have the space to be dynamic and try things. And if you truly have a coaching environment that is collaborative and open to conversation, you will have that back and forth and be able to problem solve before things really go out of hand. That said, things can always go off the rails. But in this kind of culture, this kind of environment, there is no blame. It's all about, okay, shit really hit hit the fan. So now how are we handling this and what will we do in the future to prevent this kind of thing from happening again? It's not about blame. It's about learning the lessons and applying the lessons so that they're not lessons observed, they're lessons learned. And we, we know next time how we're going to manage the situation. Try to keep this short, but some of the key benefits to having a coaching culture are things like increasing engagement. So if you have a more agile, dynamic working environment and people feel validated in the work that they're doing, they will be more engaged. Staff who have more accountability, more responsibility for what they do, and they get positive feedback or get encouraged to continue moving forward they're going to be more engaged in the work they do. The other piece is that you have enhanced collaboration because you have to be collaborative in a coaching culture in order for problem solving to happen in a way that is truly dynamic and also allows for teams to build their capacity because team building is huge. When you have conversations on a regular basis to problem solve, you're all part of the same problem. You're all trying to achieve the same strategic outcome. It makes for a very positive team building situation. A coaching culture helps to increase the overall accountability and responsibility of the staff on your teams, and that allows them to have more ownership on what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis.
Another benefit is that this can really support a change management initiative because just de facto, when you're being more collaborative and engaging more levels of an organization during an initiative like a change management one, you can really help to uh, facilitate greater buy-in by those that are in the organization and get a lot less resistance if everybody has a role to play in the change and has greater accountability and responsibility within it. And finally, uh, improving your overall organizational culture to embrace more of a coaching culture or skill set will actually help to retain your talent. Because again, it's all about people feeling validated in the job they're doing, that it makes makes for a very positive environment where they don't feel like if they make a mistake, they're going to be yelled at or bullied or harassed or fired or demoted. If you don't have that kind of specter hanging over you, then your key talent is going to stick around. Because again, they're going to feel much better working in an environment where there's open conversation and allowance for agility and nimbleness and innovation that ultimately is going to save the company or the organization lots of dollars, lots of money. Here's why. Cause you're not recruiting and onboarding on a regular basis. If you have constant turnover because you have a bunch of bullies at the top end of the scale of your organization and all they're doing is whipping the staff to get shit done. Ultimately, you're going to be spending more money every year. And when we're going into a recessionary timeframe or potentially a recession in the next year to two years, you're going to need to save every dollar that you have in your organization. And I can tell you that hiring somebody to come and help you develop this coaching culture business or helping to train your staff on what coaching skills are is going to inevitably have return on investment because you're going to be able to retain staff and it's going to cost you a lot less to continually having to recruit and retain and retrain and onboard all the staff on a regular basis. So how do you start tackling the development of this kind of culture in your organization? Well, there's a few steps and there are many tools out there and organizations that do this kind of work. But one of the things that I like to do is assess the, the current state of an organization, sort of where are you starting from? It's really important to know if you're like, if you're training for a 5k race and you've never trained before, we know you're starting from scratch, but if you've been training for a 5k race and you're just looking to do a 10k, then we know that your training has to be bumped up from the 5k training you've been doing to one that will be more in line with a 10k race. It's the same concept with organizational development and change. You need to know where you're starting from. So my recommendation is whether you have somebody internal who does this or whether you hire a consultant to do this for you, you need to get a sense of your current culture culture conditions. It is really important to understand how open you are, how agile you are, how is a directive, is it a controlled environment, is it highly regulated? Do we have high levels of rotation of, of staff departures? Do we have complaints? Do we what is the current state of play of your organization? As a part of that, I would say step two, but it's really like one B, if you will, is understanding who you're having that conversation with. When you do an organizational cultural assessment, it's really important that you don't just do the C-suite. I think a lot of people think that we'll just talk to the executives, they'll tell us everything about it. The problem is, is the executives are often in an echo chamber and don't really know the reality of what's happening in the rest of the organization. So if I'm going to be working with you, for example, and I'm coming into your organization to do an assessment, I want to hear from every single person that works within that construct, from the CEO to your clients, to your partners, to your shareholders. I want to have a big picture systems lens on what is going on with your organization. So we can see where the strengths of the organization lie, what we can 
do a little less of to improve the culture? Like what are the low hanging fruit that we can take care of right away? Even before we start doing a coaching culture business, we can just look at what can we get rid of right away? What can we do now? What can we implement now that can achieve some great results immediately? Then we can look at coming up with an action plan that can improve the overall culture going forward. The third thing is what is the issue or challenge you're trying to address? So people often think that if we just establish a coaching culture, it'll be like the panacea of all things. Everybody will be happy and it'll be happy, happy, joy, joy. The reality is, is that when you're in an organization, it's often a very complex set of machinery and you want to very be very clear about what the issue is or the challenges that you're trying to address in bringing in a coaching culture. Is it that you have a high rate of rotation? Is it that you are looking to make more money as a company? Is it that you're looking for efficiencies? Is it looking, there's a huge change that needs to happen. Like what is the driver behind this requirement? And then once you have that, then you need to know, okay, well, what's been done so far? If you know you want to make changes and you want to increase the coaching capacity of your organization, what have you done? Have you hired anybody to do this kind of work? Have you started training people on the skills of coaches and how to be a good coach to your staff, because being a coach from a one-on-one -on -one coaching perspective is vastly different than having coaching skills as a manager. So it's really teasing that out. What have you done? What have you trained the staff on? Have you hired a trainer to come in and do that kind of work? What have you learned already? Because the last thing you want to do is hire another consultant to come in and do the exact same thing that the other people did. Like if everybody went through 360s before, then you don't want to be doing that again. What have you done? What have you learned? And what do you think you're going to need going forward? So what's the ultimate outcome and vision? That's really important as well. Because again, if you don't have a clear vision, a clear outcome, some clear strategic objectives of what you're looking to achieve, you cannot get everybody on board. You, you just can't. And it's just not whatever culture change you're trying to make is going to fail. You have to have a very clear vision of where you're going. And then as you have conversations with your teams and with your organization, you can start to tease out the how you're going to implement it. The sixth thing is, is looking at whether this is something you can develop over time or whether there's an immediate need. So are you losing, keep losing talent or do you want results fast for some reason? Really get clear about timing on this because developing a coaching culture is something that's done over time. It can be done over months, but you, you're not going to be doing it in days necessarily because it's, it is a bit of a shift in how we manage our staff and it's a shift in how we think. So it'll be really important for you to get clear on the timing of what you're trying to achieve here. And finally, is it something that you have internal capacity to implement? Or is this something that you need to hire out for to develop for you and implement internally? Or is this a done for you solution that you're looking for? Because each consultant out there in the real world will have their own specialty of what they're able to do or not do for you. Some people really just focus on one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's their practice and they don't do anything else. Some folks are really keen on doing organizational development and really love the cultural assessment type stuff. There are some companies out there that will do a full suite of things for you where they'll come in, they'll do 360s, they'll assess, they'll do one-on-ones for the C-suite, they'll do assessments of the culture, they'll come up with reports and recommendations. So depending on who you're working with, they may have a different set of, of, of skills and or um, offers for you to consider to help you get to where you want to go. Creating a coaching culture is an important consideration if you want to increase your collaboration, you want to increase and encourage your staff to take on more responsibility, you really want to get to the bottom line of your organization in a faster, maybe more effective way. Consider a coaching culture because it is a way to encourage staff to do more and to be more responsible, more accountable. And it doesn't mean that you're laissez-faire. It doesn't mean that you're just letting them go willy-nilly. There is 
a controlling mechanism that you can put in place to kind of keep the parameters in play, but allow people to play within that sandbox so that they can be more nimble, more agile, and really help your organization grow in a much stronger way. And if your organization could use this kind of culture assessment or you want to maybe implement some of these features, you know, I might be able to help you out. So there's a link down below, book yourself into my calendar and we can have a conversation on how I can help you. Thanks again for being here this week. Until next time, stay safe.